Well, my definition of love is your girl passing gas right next to you. It's like, you know this person, they know me. What's up everybody, my name is Mel and welcome to Rejection is a Bitch Podcast. But if you're new to this channel, feel free to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, the follow, depending on the platform that you're watching this on. Share this with at least one person and hit me in the comment section. I wanna hear what you gotta say about this. This is not a conversation dictated by me. I want to hear from you. I'm a master life and relationship coach, and I partner with divorcees that are facing rejection, and I help them discover true acceptance from within. But anyone facing rejection, I love to have this conversation. Let's talk about when we set ourselves up to be rejected. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. How does someone set themselves up for rejection? And I'm so glad you asked, because it's exactly what we're going to talk about today. One of my favorite things to do with my wife is watch reality TV. And one of our favorite shows, I'm being honest, it used to be her favorite show, but it's now mine. It's Ready to Love. Uh, Ready to Love is on OWN Network. Uh, it's hosted by Nephew Tommy. It's supposed to be, an emphasis on supposed to be, about black love and, and couples, singles, and selected cities coming together and going on this dating process where someone gets eliminated each week, uh, maybe a someone from the men this week, someone from the women next week. But the goal is to have someone at the end of this journey to begin dating and hopefully get married. It ain't been a lot of success stories on this show, I'm just be honest with you. <laughs> but it is funny to see the drama take place. The most recent season is actually getting set to wrap up, and I actually want to go back to episode one because there was a guy on that season that I believe set himself up for rejection. I want to show it to you guys and you make the determination for yourself. Okay. Me too. Like, oh. You lying. <laughs> Me too. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying? It's a small silly. world. Well, my definition of love is your girl passing gas right next to you. It's like you know this person. They know me. I can see you doing like stand-up or something. And I work for radio and I also do music too. I'm an artist. Oh, you want him to spit Punching the clock, watching the minutes fly by endlessly. Taking the time, freeing my mind, escape reality. Find a resolve within the song, releasing energy. I am a little short and does kind of put a little damper on the love life, but I'ma be myself and I just need to find a girl that understands me. Figure it out, I'm never going through the motions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dre. As you can see, he's 39 years old. He's a radio personality. He's also an artist. And as he said, he's a shorter guy. Now. I can relate to that. I'm not the tallest guy in the world. I'm also a musician. So if anybody can relate to Dre, it's me. If you guys paid attention closely, you saw that these women immediately put Dre in the friend zone. And honestly, guys, I often say that men are responsible for putting themselves in the friend zone. Dre came across as more goofy. You know, it's not just he's working with some of a deficit, you know, being short, but he seems to not take himself that serious. And I'm a true believer that People only take you as serious as you take yourself. And it's great to use comedy, you know, to draw a woman's attention. And it came across, at least at first glance, that his comedy didn't necessarily come with the confidence that's, that's to be surrounded behind it. There was no romance even within that comedy. So women giving him, you know, pats on the back and high fives and stuff like that, that's not necessarily body language that you want to receive from a woman that you are pursuing. So immediately, Dre is put in the friend zone. So for those of you that did not watch this season, let me fill you in on something. This particular season was in Miami. And Miami is maybe the capital in America when it comes to social norms and beauty standards and monetary standards. Anything that draws the attention of a significant other, Miami is the center of it all. So ladies and gentlemen, why in the hell would Dre put himself in position to be rejected? 
He's going on a dating show in Miami where it's superficial as hell. It's all about the looks. So you got to know that instantly you are fighting uphill. With him being an artist and him also being a radio personality, this is not the first time that women have put him in a friend zone. He's used to being in dynamics where men are taller, where men are more aesthetically pleasing. He's used to being in a position where women reject him. Why would he do himself like this? And I know some of you may be saying, man, Mel, you overreacting. I mean, all he needs is one woman to show attention to him. Women love short men. He's cute. He can fit right in my pocket. I hear you saying that. But if you think I'm wrong, take a look at this. Now there comes the hard part. Uh, Who are you least connecting with? Dre. I felt like we were just talking about our experiences. It wasn't no you and I. I'm tall. I want to feel feminine, and I want a man to be bigger than me. Okay. I'm not physically attracted to him, but he's smart and funny, and that's my comfort zone. Now, you saw, like I saw, women telling the truth about what they think about him. This is the opportunity for them to choose as, a, as women who they, would, who they will eliminate for this week. And you saw the one woman say, he's short. I'm tall. I want him to feel feminine. I want my man to be taller than me. She made that face. Coincidentally, this ended up being the most evil person on this season, in my opinion. But she told the truth. In most cases, in most scenarios, women desire a man that's taller than them. And honestly, men desire a woman that's shorter than them. Especially in a place such as Miami, where the social norms reign supreme. But now it's time for elimination. Blake and Dre, please step forward. Oh, snap, we on the chopping block. Tommy, bud, I thought we was boys. You know, you work in radio. Don't break up the group, man. Now, let me be honest with you. This was close, man. I mean, down to the wire. The nerves start going. It was all fun and games up until that point. But someone had to go home, and I hope it's not me. Blake and Drake. Unfortunately, the women didn't feel that you guys were really sparking any romance connections. But, Blake? Feel like you still got some promise so make sure you step it up moving forward back in line it's real guys sadly dre it's mean your journey ends with us here it's all good we wish you all the best you can say your goodbyes guys, guys. <laughs> i'm about to go home y'all <laughs> i thought the women were vibing your boy. I'm pretty handsome, you know. That's premeditation right here. But it's part of the journey. Sorry. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm definitely glad that I took this chance. There's somebody out there for me, so just got to find it. Oh, thank God. Even to the end, he being goofy and playing around. That's fine, but I'm just saying that's not what women want on a dating show. When you got all these men that appear to be, not saying they are, alpha or appear to be strong and appear to be something that can protect a woman. Women don't want this goofy, you know, little guy around, like a little, little mosquito or whatever. You know, women want to feel she's covered, you know, and she's protected. Let me tell you how crazy this elimination was. The other guy, Blake, he was on the chopping block in elimination every freaking week that the women had the power. Every week that the women had the power, they elected to have him as one of the people that was that could possibly be eliminated. That tell you how bad they hated this guy. But the women still collectively chose to eliminate Dre instead of Blake. Why? Because this being week one, they wanted to say, hey, let's give Blake another chance. Maybe he just 
semi-asshole today, maybe he can grow out of that assholeness. But one thing Dre can't do, he can't grow. Blake can grow out, but Dre can't grow. And at the end of the day, who can blame them? Everyone has their preferences. Everyone has their desires. Who are any of us to tell someone they're wrong for choosing those? There's many of you right now watching this video that are saying, man, poor Dre. He's, oh my God, it's just so sad that he's the out man out week one. He was such a nice guy, sweet guy, whatever. Man, cut that shit out. I'm sorry, cut it out. I'm the rejection coach, and I'm here to tell you, Dre is not a victim. And guess what? Neither are you. If you have been rejected before, you are not a victim. It's time to let go of that victim mentality. You got to take ownership for the positions you put yourself in to be rejected. Take complete ownership of that. Yes, that person did what they did. They hurt you. They were assholes. They did not care about your heart. You are the person that kept going back. You're the person that kept saying, hey, take me, accept me, love me. You the one did every single thing on their checklist just to be let down. You did that. You put yourself in position to be rejected. Every city in America has a hood. No matter how good the city is, it has a hood. I'm from Dallas, so our hoods are South Dallas, Oak Cliff, Pleasant Grove, where I'm from. We got hoods all over. As crazy as those hoods are, there's no bigger hood than victimhood. There's no hood that's more crazy. There's no hood that holds you in more bondage and more captivity. There's no hood that you should run from the most than victimhood. Victimhood tells you that it's never your fault. Victimhood tells you that it will never get better. Victimhood tells you that I don't have to look in the mirror. Victimhood never allows you to find solutions. It only focuses on the problem. I told you that I could relate to Dre with his aesthetics, so to speak, and his occupation. But let me give you some real transparency here, and hopefully this can really make the point. If you've been watching the podcast for a little bit, you know that my current marriage is actually my second marriage. I talked about exclusively what happened in my first marriage. She's what society would say aesthetically pleasing. You know, a society will maybe call her beautiful. I think she is. I think my current wife is very gorgeous. But society would view my ex-wife as, as beautiful. Not only society, our, my family and her family did. I had one family member from my side and one family member on her side came to me, to my face, and told me. Her family member said, it's, it's plenty of people out there that's married to people that look better than them. I know women that, that's married to a man that look better than them. Coincidentally, she was one of the people that, you know, was married to somebody that looked better than her. But that's neither here or there. Then on my side, one of my family members, you know, we were going through our separation, you know, didn't know we were going to stay together or not. I revealed that to this family member, and they said, man, I feel sorry for you. But I'm be honest, I felt like you always outkit your coverage. I, I knew it was a matter of time before she left you. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those things in the moment you don't really know what to say. And then later on, it hits you like, what the hell they say? But I noticed one thing, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't heard anyone say I outkicked my coverage in this marriage. Does that necessarily hurt my feelings? Does that necessarily hurt my wife's feelings? No. I actually had this conversation before I did this podcast, and I talked to her about this particular topic, and she was like, she understands, just like I understand. The society has this social norms. Society has this standard of beauty. So according to those standards, maybe they would view my ex-wife more pretty than my current wife. What I do know is I couldn't care less about that. This go around, I didn't chase beauty. I didn't chase what was fleeing away from me. I think a lot of times we shoot our shot at a fleeing target. We shoot our shot at things that have no interest in us. My wife 
was assertive in her approach for me. I saw her desire to be with me, and that's exactly what I needed. Coming out of a marriage, facing rejection, I needed to see someone, see the value in me. And that's exactly what she showed me. She showed me how much I meant to her. So from that point on, I viewed her completely as the one. There's no need for me to keep chasing anyone that doesn't want me. Why are you putting yourself in positions to be rejected? Every time I hear someone's rejection story, especially regarding an ex or uh, you know, someone they're trying to pursue, every time I hear that rejection story, I always think, man, how many people in your DM? How many people that are really in your text messages? How many people you see on a day-in and day-out basis that you're missing their choosing signals because you're focused on someone that's not focused on you? How many dudes are asking their homegirl to hook them up with her homegirl, not knowing that this homegirl is exactly what you could want in a wife, but she don't look the part to you? How many women have their guy friend that they run to to complain about Bit Dick Johnny that um, you know gave us sex but didn't commit to her? How many of those women are running to their homeboy to complain about him? And all in all, this the man with the true husband qualities, everything you're crying about, he can give you. You are not a victim. I refuse to acknowledge you as a victim. You need to get out of that funk. You need to get out of that pit. You need to get out of whatever you're feeling and put yourself in position to win. You have complete control of everything that's happening before you. You are the reason that failure is at your door. You don't have to be accepted by the world. You just have to be accepted by one. Just one. Dre wanted to be accepted by the world. Not only did he take himself to a dating show, where there's many contestants, he put himself in front of the entire world to be rejected. Why? Did he possibly do it for clout? Hey, he's a radio personality, he's an artist. Maybe he wanted to get his stuff out there. He did hit a freestyle. Or maybe he's still shooting his shot at a fleeing target. At some point, you got to read the tea leaves. You got to read the writing on the wall. Whatever cliche you want to use right there. You got to understand what's true for you. If you're watching this, you're in your 20s, Maybe you got a couple more years to figure it out. For those of us in our 30s, it's about that time. If you're 40 and up, clock's ticking. And you know it. You didn't need me to say that. At this point, it's time for you to get this stuff together. The only thing worse than a fool is an old fool. And you've been making these same mistakes, same occurrences, same circumstances, and expecting different results. Y'all know what that is. But I'm not telling you I'm above you. I've been you. I've been exactly where you are. I've been in those shoes. I know exactly what you feel, and that's why I would love to be your coach. I would love to walk through this process with you, talk about what that rejection looks like, how to get on the other side of that rejection for good, not just for a moment, not just for the next time they call, not just for the next time they text. No, for good, to finally get to that freedom that you always desired. There's freedom available for you, and there's acceptance available for you, and I would love to partner with you as you get there. My website is lifecoachingbymail.com. My email is mailcoaching at yahoo.com. And whatever platform you may be watching this on, feel free to hit me in the DM. I want to connect with you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time, let's grow. Peace.